We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Working with the new soundboard, so welcome to Two Jocks and a Schlub. This is so weird doing like an actual intro, but yeah, I think we're we're growing up a little bit. I guess uh, I don't know. That's, that's it's either that or it's or it's or it's just pretentious. I don't know. DJ CJ over there. I mean, yeah, right. That's yeah. good. I like that, man. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it comes out when it's done recording. We'll see how it sounds. If people yeah. like it or not, but figured I'd try something different. I have so many, so many fun things for us to play. So uh, here, I'll, I'll play a few for them, few of them for you right now. Uh, let's see, we have. Our ass is in the jackpot now. Our ass is in the jackpot. Yep. Yeah, what was that Brian quote or something? No, that was the the <coughs> umpire from the Mets game. I uh, can't remember who the Syndergaard was throwing at, but Terry Collins was out arguing and that's what the umpire said to terry <laughs> our ass is in the jackpot i remember that yep, yep. that's amazing <laughs> <laughs> so i got that uh let's see what else do i got that perfect we need to get the live dancing in the dark is what we need i think we're yeah, small we'll... enough that nobody's gonna there won't be any copyright issues like nobody listens enough to right know, right so. right yeah yeah absolutely um but yeah so we we've got some fun here uh we potentially got a pretty big guest today uh, i guess we'll we'll all find out at the same time if that happens so sorry to get you all excited if it doesn't end up happening but uh we might have a guest today but uh before we get into that i guess since we're doing this a little bit early Matt and Ethan, you went to a terrible Yankee game last week. How was the game? How was the concert? Tell us, give us a little recap. Ah, man. I mean, the game, the game was so bad. I've already tried forgetting most of it. Oh, but it, you know, but it wasn't nearly as bad as like the last fucking couple of games against the Blue Jays or no, the Indians, the Indians. I was on vacation for those. So I just pretended those didn't even happen. At least it was close (laughs) and it was a walk-off. Like we didn't get fucking stomped. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it, for in terms of walk-offs, it, it, I don't know. So 
of course, we had a couple really bad Gary Gary Sanchez misses. That was the bummer. Yeah, it was um, the it was the pass balls. Yeah. We had horrendous bullpen performances. Yeah, that too. Um, you know, we we just we couldn't hit the ball. You know, Ethan and I missed the only damn run scoring of the game on the Yankees part of Joey Gallo moonshot. Yeah, um, he did hit another one that was almost a grand slam and went to the warning track. Yeah. It looked good from where we were, um, but but sadly didn't quite have the distance yeah so, I mean, he it, thought it was out did he i mean it looked it looked out it looked like the arc that it had like it was fucking majestic you know what i mean like yeah. from our we were behind you know behind home plate uh up a little bit but, you know, the, but the frustrating thing is you know every game is interlinked the whole fact the the reason they had a bullpen meltdown is they had to use chappy three games in a row because of some other meltdowns yeah. and games that they were clearly winning so you get to a close game and we don't have our our only remaining real stud in the bullpen left. And Loisaga and Britain are both hurt. Green oh. has been inconsistent. So. so they're they're forced to pitch Clay Holmes and what, what was it Wandy? Uh, yeah, Wandy. Yeah. And it yeah. just it was it was a pretty poor performance. Now you know of the two pass balls that put runners in scoring position and allowed the Orioles to walk it off. I'd say one was Clay Holmes's uh, <clears throat> fault, but another was. Yeah very clearly Gary's fault. And that was frustrating to see. Yeah. And I Um, think too, now that I'm reflecting on it a little bit more also is, so it's coming down to the wire here in terms of the, in terms of the race for a wild card spot and the Orioles are fucking terrible. So the fact that the Yankees didn't just like sweep them, that's, that's a problem. Like when when the, when a race is this tight, you have to sweep the terrible teams. mm -hmm. So to, to lose to the terrible teams uh, or the mediocre teams in the Indians case recently, the last couple of days, uh, you know, not when our, our last nine games are against, uh, what was it? Boston, Toronto, and Tampa, right? Yeah. 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 Like you need to win against the shitty team. So that's, that was, I think, really frustrating. Now on the positives, we did see a, a, a we, we saw a record set. Yes. We saw Ryan cool. Mountcastle hit an absolute shot over the bullpen. to left field, uh, <laughs> setting the, the Orioles rookie single season record for home runs with 30. Um, which was pretty cool. And um, it was broken. It was originally Cal Ripken's record, yeah. 1982. He hit 29 homers, and now Mount nice Castle shit. got the 30. So that was pretty cool to see. Yeah, to see like an Orioles record that was held by Ripken get broken. Uh, I, I That was pretty neat, I think. We yeah. saw what we were almost positive to be a broken leg, but the umpire walked it off. John Carlos Stanton hit a screamer down yeah. the first baseline. And, I mean, you could hear the thud as it hit the guy's leg. And, it was wild. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I think Ethan's just kind of knee-jerk reaction was that's broken. Then immediately. Um, that was my assumption. I was like, it's gotta be. Like it's 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 Stanton. Like if he gets a good piece of it, even if it's a ground ball in the infield, it's going more than hundred miles an hour. Like this definitely was more than a hundred. Um yeah, Left that was a missed bone though. He he that, got lucky. That was tough to watch though. I mean, he was limping for the rest of the game. Yeah. He probably had a pretty bad Charlie horse. Oh, I'm sure. Um, yeah. But the fact that it didn't break, he's he's fucking lucky. And then we did see a, a pretty awesome concert after the game, despite them taking a little time to get set Rain up. delay, yeah. Um, right. You know, we had $30 seats in the uh, upper deck. Um, there was no one up there, so we actually moved to the front row of the upper deck and wiped nice. the rain off some seats. Yeah, and... really great view from there, actually. Yeah, Not just for view. the concert, but for a, for a game, it would be awesome. Yeah. Good view, good sound, nice show. It took them a little while to get set up as they waited for the sprinkles to go away. Um, so uh, Ethan and I actually... We, we snuck out with two songs to go, but yeah, this is um, the Avid Brothers. There was an Avid Brothers concert, and uh, Matt has seen them several times. It was my first time seeing them, and of course, they're famous for putting on a great live show, and it it was fun. 
Yeah. So uh, get ready, Colin. If, if they play a show down in either Raleigh or Charlotte for New Year's like they normally do. Because they're from North Carolina. Yeah, you, oh, better, yeah. Uh, you better get brothers, your brother, brother and sister-in-law, your mom and pa on the line because <laughs> you're going to need a babysitter that night because we're going to go to the show. Exactly. You've right. gone to one of those shows, haven't you, Matt? Yeah, I saw the one in um, in the Research Triangle. Oh, shoot. I can't remember exactly what city over there it was, but it's where the, the UNC Wolfpack played. Oh, nice. Um, and that was, I mean, again, sold out show. It was awesome. They timed it right up so that we did, uh, we did the, they, they sang Auld Lang Syne and did a countdown right at midnight, which is kind of cool too. Yeah. Um, it was, it was a blast. And I, I believe they actually recorded this for their live volume four. So um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, definitely a good night. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I'm glad the concert happened because I was definitely worried for you guys when it. Yeah, I kind of figured it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, we we had an inside line. One of the one of the two folks that joined us has a friend that works for the Orioles, and she was assuring us that it's going to happen. But for a good 45 minutes after the game, we were uh, we were nervous. We yeah, were we were wondering if we were it was all for naught. And that was did they communicate with, with you at all, like at the game, like any of the, the on the loudspeaker or anything? On the uh, scoreboard, there was a message. Yeah, uh, that just said they were waiting for it to dry out. Yeah, but that was that's it. it. It didn't give like a time estimate nope. or anything. Just that they were going to do their do the best they could. Yeah, basically. Which you know, I understand. I well, understand, how long were you guys going to wait? Not the greatest uh, feeling when they're putting buckets and buckets of diamond dry down between every <laughs> inning. Like, yeah, uh, not, and that was kind of the other interesting thing. The way they set it up, uh, they put the stage right behind second base in the grass. Um, kind of wheeled out three or four different. Um, little trains of trailers they set up and then they put up um, walking paths and little uh, little guide ropes and they had the only place the people could actually walk walk that were going on the field was the infield dirt so they were very protective of the grass Um, so you had kind of a few people up on the dirt in front of the stage and then it kind of branched off in different directions in a wishbone towards first and third Um, but it was still pretty cool yeah yeah, no, that's that's great. I will definitely go. I, I wanted to go to uh, the show that you guys are going to in D.C. I will make it happen. One one of these shows that's coming up, not the D.C. one, because there's too much travel coming up for me. I but. got an idea for that, too. That That's Ethan's favorite band, Trampled by Turtles, for mm-hmm. everyone who's interested. But uh, they, they play in Asheville every once in a while. So maybe we, we meet in Asheville for that. That'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, I would yeah. definitely do that. I mean, that's two hours for me, so. Yeah. And and it's awesome there. But I looked at their uh, their upcoming shows, at least the ones they've released, and uh, nothing close by yet. So uh, maybe they'll do something in 2022. But I would assume so. Yeah, they're they uh, as long as COVID, as long as venues are good about like requiring negative tests and vaccinations, they I mean they'll go all over the place. Well, and, and speaking of, I mean that that's a good point, Ethan. So did you see uh, Dave Simonek got a little toasty this morning with everyone, which was rightfully so. He just well, he, he wasn't said. even that toasty. He was super reasonable. Yeah, but it's exactly. the internet, and so people are fucking dipshits. And so yeah. in the comments, yeah. Basically, Colin, he said, uh, hey, we are happy to be out there and performing for you, but as soon as anyone in the cat or in the crew or the show gets sick, we have to shut it down. And that's yeah. that's 25 different people's livelihoods yeah. that get shut down and derailed. So you know, we don't Literally think it's... their entire livelihood. Yeah. Like that's people don't necessarily realize this. The crew, like the traveling crew for a band, let alone the band itself, this is their entire fucking livelihood. Sorry, continue, Matt. So, so I mean, he essentially said we don't think it's unreasonable to ask you guys to show proof of vaccination, 
And if that is really, really a problem for you, don't come to your show or yeah. don't come to our show. We're not mm-hmm. infringing on your liberty or your freedoms. We're just saying that we would like you to be vaccinated. If not, you don't have to come. Yeah. Um, and then uh, his follow-ups were even, again, a little bit more pointed saying, hey, that, there's nothing political about that. I know there's nothing, nothing political. This is just our request for you guys to see us. It's very important yeah. to make sure that everyone stays safe. And he even said in the original blurb, uh, like the original post, he was like, trust me, I can't wait to get back to not giving a shit about your private health choices. <laughs> like, <laughs> like bands, bands do Great. not want to give a fuck about that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like the fact that this is a concern sucks. Nobody wants to think about it. So bring a negative test or get a fucking shot or don't go. It's like, it's not difficult, but of course it's the internet and people were like, meh, 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 meh. so yeah. Oh, well. <clears throat> yeah. Ethan, what are you drinking? I'm having the last of my sapwood cellars that you gave me. So Excellent. sapwood cellars, I don't can't remember if we talked about it. It's up in Columbia, Maryland, not too far from me. And um, it's, it's a uh, pretty highly regarded brewery, small, but highly regarded. And Matt has stopped by a couple of times recently. I haven't had a chance to make it yet, but Matt gave me a few that he picked up. And so I'm having my last one of uh, from what he had given me, which is a lager. And uh, as far as lagers go, it's, it's nice. It's clean, clean and crispy. It's tasty. Is that Sky Meadow? Probably yeah, the, Sky Meadow. Exactly. Yeah, that's the Oktoberfest. <laughs> I've got that on deck. Yeah, um, it's good. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. I've got uh, I got to give a shout out to Urban Artifact. Uh, it's a small brewery in an old church in Cincinnati um, that they, they their whole shtick is we do real fruit beer. Um, and it's not like your, um, no, no, no offense, Colin, your milkshakes, your, your kettle sours these days. It just takes like, like melted popsicles. These are actual sour beers actually list the uh, pH value on the can. So it's, it's a lip smacking tart beer. And uh, they made one with um, like a really rare fruit from the Amazon called the yellow mambin. And um, I had it once before actually on my birthday, like three years ago. It was one of the best beers I ever had there. It was such a unique flavor. And um, they were like, yeah, we're never going to get that again. Like we got lucky with a fruit broker that had like, 50 pounds of the stuff and we just decided to make a beer with it well somehow some way they, they said after contacting a bunch more brokers they found another stash of yellow mamba and brewed up another beer um and i wanted it so bad but didn't want to go to cincinnati and couldn't get it shipped to pennsylvania but they did ship to dc so i shipped uh i shipped the box to ethan and i forgot to tell him <laughs> um yeah so i get a, i get a text before we meet up at the game on last week saying essentially i assume this is yours uh i'm assuming i'm bringing it <laughs> just like thank you thank you very much um yeah i don't funny. know did you get a chance to try it ethan no not yet i um the stuff that i usually i have a beer like around dinner time and the stuff that i've been having i just figured would not go well with like a fruity sour so yeah, i mean um, it's I'm it's, waiting. it's sour and it's also 10 percent. so yeah okay yeah so maybe i'll do that like friday night you know after dinner and i'm just like chilling you know but it's this really cool tropical. Have flavor. you had it already then? <clears throat> oh, I, had, I had it once before and I got one right now. Yeah. Oh, and, and so how's it tasting? Is it good? This really batch good. is good. Really good. No. Not not too uh, lip stomachy, not very alcoholy at all, just a neat tropical flavor. And it's 10%, huh? Yeah. But it doesn't taste boozy. Okay. Yeah, dangerous. Impressive. Yeah. yeah. What do you got, Kyle? I've got a peanut butter baseline. Um, nope. Another yeah. another gift from Toddy uh, that she found at, at one of the places here in charlotte so it's good it's not as peanut buttery as i imagined it would be given the title of the beer but it's it's good oh man if, if you're really enjoying those peanut butter beers then uh 
Ethan and I got to keep a lookout for some um, Aslan beers. They do a couple really, really good peanut butter beers. Yeah. They do one <clears> called the Glamping, which is like chocolate, graham cracker, marshmallows, and peanut butter. And holy snot, is it good. Uh, they do another <laughs> one that's called Bale. That's just chocolate, peanut butter, and marshmallow. And again, um, I mean, it's, it's they sell it one can. Like They don't sell four packs. They sell it one can at a time for like seven bucks a can. And they're 16%. Yeah. And they'll knock you on your ass, but they're delicious. Yeah, so. and they're and they're super close to me. So if there's uh, <clears throat> ever anything that comes out and either of you want it, I'll I'll go and pick shit up for you. I got they did a six year anniversary like limited edition bottles a few months ago, and I, I picked some up for Matt. Like you know, I'm happy to do any. And of that. you will be doing so again sometime soon. Yeah, I I kind of figured. Yeah. yeah, Christmas is coming up. The holidays. Yeah, since, since actually, that's a good Jewish. idea. Yeah, the holidays. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all of the holidays, I view all of the holidays secularly, so. Right, right. We we got your rant a couple of weeks ago. Wait, did, did, I, <laughs> or did last I rant week. about it? Did I rant about holidays? Well, no, you just ranted about how dumb you think like everything is in life, so. Oh. <laughs> it's like the same thing. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much, yeah. Hey, speaking of that, too, <laughs> speaking of Ethan's rants, um, I don't know why this reminded me, but we got, and I didn't tell Ethan or Colin this yet. But we got merch on the way. What? We do. We what? got merch on oh. the way. Yeah. Yo. What okay, did you so get some shit made? Can you hear this? The crowd? Can you hear the, the applause? <laughs> <laughs> get some. Get some. Get some cheering. There, there we go. There it is. There it is. <laughs> there we go. That's we got. We got. Uh, so I ran our. I ran our slogan. I, I just picked the slogan out of my ass earlier. Excuse, excuse my language there for. Uh, yeah, how can you say ass? I never swear. Colin <laughs> never swears. Why would you say ass on this podcast? I'm, I'm, I'm trying to keep it nice. Right, I got a collar shirt on. <laughs> that was good, Colin. You're ready with that one. Sorry, Matt. Continue. But uh, yeah, so it, it's nothing. There's nothing special. It's a test run to see how things come out. But uh, what did you say it was? I'm not going to tell you what it is. He didn't. Oh, oh, oh so we're going to. Get, so okay. did you have? Did you have them sent to our places to like? No, 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 no. I just put the order in today, so they're all. It's all coming to me. Oh, it's all going to you. Okay. Yeah. Is that why got, you were asking I got about the tagline? Together for both of you, though, so don't worry. So yeah, that must be it, Kyle. Yeah, that's why you were mentioning like a possible slogan tagline thing. Yeah, was, yeah. Was I mean, I'll, I'll, I can tell you guys the tagline. It's um, um, what merging. Uh, Beer, sports, and nonsense in 2021. I thought, it, oh, so you changed it. In the text, I thought it was like beer, baseball, and nonsense. Maybe that's it. Merging yeah. beer, baseball, and nonsense since 2021. Yeah. Yeah. With with yeah, a with, with a very, very specific emphasis on the word merging. <laughs> Come on. Like, one of the signature moments of this oh. damn <laughs> podcast is yeah. your rant. Duh, duh. Seriously. How did I ever get that? I'm duh. the one that said that. I'm the one that fucking uh. did it. Man. Okay, listen, let me explain something. <laughs> Colin, that's perfect. But let me explain something for people who don't know, for my listeners. Colin and Matt already know this. Everybody who's close to me in my life knows this, much to their chagrin. My memory is for music history and for baseball stats, it's fucking amazing, okay? For everything else, it's it's um, sometimes good, but most of the time really bad. And when people remind me of something... I will then be refreshed and I'll be like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. But in this case, just the word merging alone didn't, didn't, didn't trigger it for me. So it took me a minute, but, but yes, of course that, that is, now that you mention it, that's a, that's a great word choice. That was very, that was very clever on your part. Yeah. 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 So good job. Yeah. (laughs) 
super exciting, Matt. Thanks, thanks for hooking us up. Yeah, very. Cool. I'm sure very we're gonna cool. sell out in like two minutes. I oh mean, yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna go like hotcakes. Oven mitts, yeah. toilet paper, napkins is kind of what I'm hoping for. Napkins. I mean, um, the, the fake doctor's real friends did washcloths, which I thought yeah. was great. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. You could oh, yeah. um, you could think about your favorite podcast hosts as you were washing your your balloon <laughs> knot. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So uh, no washcloths yet. But um, not ruling it out, guys. Okay. All right. Sweet. I'm excited. Very <laughs> if cool. the demand is there, yeah. we will get it. And this is a good time to remind people, since we got merch, if you like the show, please leave us a review. It helps other listeners find us. It helps us find other listeners. So if you have a minute right now, before we get into some other stuff here, hit pause, <laughs> go to Apple Podcasts, pull over, stop running, be safe, leave us a nice line. We'll shout you out on the podcast. We really do appreciate it. I'm going to rely on you two to tell me if our guest hops in, just in case they don't use their camera. Um, we have word that they are coming. Oh um, shit! So, so just just uh, keep me if I if I'm I can't see it uh, with with the monitor in the screen. So, what, mon- <laughs> what you can't do like you can't do alt you and and see the participants. I can, but it's, so I have two screens going right now, which is why it looks like I'm looking at a different spot and my laptop with the soundboard is blocking the bottom of the screen, but I need the camera to be looking at me. So I can't move it. Gotcha. All right. Well, I have the participant window open. So yeah. Yeah. So just give me a heads up, but I figure while we're waiting, this would be a good time for Matt Root to do a little bit of gloating about his boy Aaron Rodgers came back to life this weekend. And before he does that, I want to peep my my football number six in the country now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Number six now? Wow. Number six, baby. Yeah, that we are Penn State. convincing a win against Auburn as I was hoping for. You know? <laughs> they had a shot in the last play of the game. I'm just, just yeah, saying. Yeah, because the refs made bad call after bad call after bad call. It was SEC refs. Like, that's how it works. I, now, I, I literally walked into the room as they were playing the last play of the game and just went, oh, <laughs> oh. So that, that's all I caught. So sorry, Cal. Yeah, now, what happens if what happens if Franklin leaves? Are they fucked if Franklin leaves after this year? Uh, it's hard to say. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know who has the recruiting ties. I mean, that's that's really the biggest thing. Like, can you find someone to at least put the Band-Aid on? It's not going to be as good as what Franklin has right now. Like, yeah. you know, that... <clears throat> I don't know who who could do that, but you know, at least get someone who's got ties into the DC metro area, um, you know, to to Virginia, Maryland, you know, all of that. I forget what, what do they call that area? The DMV. DMV, yeah, yeah, the DMV, yeah. The DMV is huge. Um, getting down here in North Carolina, we have a big recruiter. Our running backs coach gets a lot of recruits from down in Florida, down in Texas. Um, so you know, you'd have to imagine some of that staff is coming with them if he. <laughs> does bolt for usc which you know we won't find out for a couple months here still but um it's not impossible but it definitely would not be a seamless transition like i think it would be at like ohio state or alabama at this point right, right. okay hey speaking have you ever heard it called the del delmarva ethan I just i just heard that the other day no delaware maryland virginia delmarva oh no i haven't heard that yeah. delaware maryland virginia delmarva yeah. okay interesting anyway. but funny. i can't I can't gloat too much about Aaron. I can't yet. Um, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not there, guys. I, you weren't I mean, impressed. Especially to watch the first half. It, it was pretty close in the first half. Like, you know, 
yeah, he made some of those your your spectacular once in a game perfect throws, you know, putting it right in the basket of his receiver that no one else is going to make that throw. But I mean, his, you know, what most of his touchdowns were were short passes to Aaron Jones. Um, so I, I just I'm not worried. Um, uh, but I, I still do think we have a, a long ways to go, and uh, our defense needs to. I mean, you know, we've got we've got two or three players on the on the field that are considered potentially the best at, at that position in the whole game when you know, Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers, and there's a case being made for Jair Alexander as one of the best corners in the league now too. Um, and yet it just, it doesn't feel like we're dominating teams like we should. So right. uh, not getting my hopes up too much, um, but I'm also excited. Uh, you know, this is, this may be the end of the Aaron Rodgers era in, in Green Bay and I'm enjoying the ride. Uh, mm-hmm. Speaking of ride, uh, I have become a die easy Panthers fan. I am going to jump on that ride because they are two and zero. Went to the game on Sunday. There was probably seventy percent of the stadium was full, so um, there's still a lot of room on this bandwagon. But two and zero, better than my Giants, who can't win a game. Refs screw them out, possibly of a win, but um, I'll still die hard for those Giants. But I got to go with my Panthers right now. They're hot. It would be fun for the city of Charlotte too. Well, and also you're, you're officially a North Carolinian now. And you like, it seems, unless you've changed your mind, it seems like you guys are probably going to be there for a long time. So you might as yeah. well adopt those sports teams. I might, I'm thinking about doing the same thing with some of the DC teams. Yeah. 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 Especially, I mean, football, you're I mean, not I care about the football. giants, but yeah. Yeah. You're not going to be a Washington football team fan. Ethan. <laughs> no, I won't do that because yeah, I can't, you can't do division rivals, but if it's not a division rival, you know, you could adopt yeah. your new, your new hometown team. So like, no, I think and I, I totally get that. You know, I was, I was totally a fan of the Indians and the Browns when I was in Cleveland and yeah. definitely other, mm-hmm. other Cavs. It was, it was a fun ride. It's always fun to go support your local team. And, um, you know, as we may talk with our guests a little bit in a little bit, just, you know, becoming part of the energy of that city. Um, you know, so for my for my ten years in Cleveland, like, holy cow, was it fun? Um, it's a little 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 sad sometimes, but mostly fun. <laughs> yeah, sweet. All right, I've got a baseball topic for us to get into. The Shabina would love this if she's listening to this episode. But uh, I don't know if you guys saw Melanie Newman, who does the play by play for the Baltimore Orioles. So up your way, Ethan mm-hmm. and Jessica Mendoza, who we all know the great softball athlete ESPN, right? She will be the, yeah, they will be the first uh, all female broadcast um, of a uh, national televised major league baseball game on ESPN. It's the first sport out of like the major sports, you know, NFL, NBA, etc., to do this. And uh, they'll be calling that game a week from today on uh, Matt Ruth's birthday, actually on uh, 9, 9.29. So I think that's really cool, really great for baseball. That's fucking awesome. Finally finally taking the lead on something. I'm shocked. Yeah, it's for real. <laughs> baseball is like the most conservative sport and like obsessed with its past and like stuffy old white guys. That's amazing that they're the first yeah. major sport to do that. And, and anything's got to be better than Alex Rodriguez in the booth. Uh, it makes me so sad. He, he was so good at first. Everybody loved him at first, and then it just went it went downhill really fast. Makes me sad. It's got to be Veskirgen, right? Like, it, it's got to be. Yeah. You're only as good. You're only as good as the guy who's the actual play by play dude, and, the professional. Yeah, and he's yeah. steering the boat, and he's not steering it well. He needs yeah. to go back to MLB Network. He was good there. 
They need to find someone else. Give A-Rod one more chance to see if he can find that magic again. I take yeah. John Krakow, Ray-Rod. Oh, fuck no. That's insane. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, Colin, I'm with you. I'm with you, Kyle. Definitely give him another chance yeah. to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. And I haven't listened to too much of Melanie uh, Newman because uh, she's regional and I don't listen to the Baltimore games, but I have heard Jessica, obviously she was with A-Rod and Veskirch and in the booth for Sunday night baseball. And you know, she knows her shit. She's really good. Um, and she's confident. That's, that's what I like the most about her is like, she's not afraid to say the things that, you know, even, even males are sometimes afraid to say on air, you know, she'll, she'll just call it out and say it as it is. And, um, she's very confident in herself. Like I've, I've heard interviews with her. She was on, um, Molly Fletcher's podcast, one of my favorite podcasts, uh, that I listened to and, uh, just had an incredible interview, um, you know, especially for girls and young girls, uh, about building confidence. But I think in general, just, you know, being, you know, just taking a, a stand for something and, um, you know, that comes out in her work. So I'm definitely excited for Jessica and, um, you know, I'll be listening to Melanie for the first time. Uh, I follow her on Twitter. Um, and she, she seems like a pretty cool girl. So, uh, it'd be cool to, you know, finally get to hear her too, but, um, yeah, I was shocked when, when I saw it, I was like, wait, baseball, the first, like that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Well, so, I mean, have we seen the, the, the only other places I'm, I'm that's coming to mind where you've got a prominent female broadcaster, but like Doris Burke in the NBA, like, um, have we seen that in the NFL yet? Um, you're talking I, like play a by single. play. Sorry. You're talking play by play, play by play or color in the booth. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I think this is definitely a great kind of foot forward by the MLB. And I, I hope by the MLB and ESPN, and I hope, I hope it's, I hope it's not just a token move. I hope yeah. it's something that they, they try and implement more frequently moving yeah. forward. Yeah. Do it, do um, it regularly. Yep. And I, you know, well, I mean, I you got, <clears throat> oh, sorry. I was just going to say, you got like Holly Rowe, you've got, uh, Maria Taylor, like these are, these are all ESPN people. A lot of them are basketball uh, specific. I, you know, I don't know necessarily that they're doing color during the games. A lot of them were, were more sideline reporters, but you know, like, especially Maria, you've seen, you know, leave and take on bigger roles yep. and, and things like that. So, um, you know, if they kind of maybe take, well, not even take that same model because they're, they're just catapulting right to, you know, having them do the color and the play by play together. Yep. But um you know, I don't know if there's a way that they can, it seems like they've had some success with that model though, with, with the NBA. I mean, the NFL, you know, that, that's, uh, that's gotta be ridiculously hard to break into. I mean, Aaron Andrews is like, like literally the only uh, one I can think of uh, Aaron Andrews. And uh, there was that, the other woman who I think was also on Michelle Fox. Tafoya, forever. Right. She, oh, Tafoya. yeah, that's one. That's not who I was thinking <clears throat> of though, but um yeah, it's just you, you never see them if they're not on the sideline. Yeah, yeah, usually. Yeah. yeah, this is really cool, and it also makes me think of what what Hannah was talking about last time she was on. You know, a couple of weeks ago, about how with sports, for women's sports, we say women's whatever, but for men's sports, it's just baseball, football, whatever. And so, like, men's right. is the default, um, which you know, obviously, we're all just like used to it and everything like that. But it doesn't seem great overall like I, I feel like you shouldn't just assume like the default should not just be one gender of a sport um and so this idea of just like getting more women involved because they are just as knowledgeable just as good of athletes and everything like that you know 
I think that's a really great step. So that's super cool. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yeah, and since it's on ESPN, we'll be able to watch it. Yeah. And uh, definitely encourage everybody else to tune in who's listening. Again, that game's this coming Wednesday. Uh, not yet, yeah, right, Rudy? Wednesday is your birthday, 929? Yeah. Jeez. Keep That's reminding right. people how old I am. Uh, yeah, he's fucking old, guys. He's, he's yeah. getting up. There. You guys are both younger than me, so I don't want to hear it. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, here, I got I got. Uh, th- this one's going to be fun because um, we had an update today. Um, Kevin Kiermeyer a player oh. for the Rays. Yeah, I saw about <laughs> has, this. He's been in the news lately uh, because he slid into home plate the other night uh, during a game. And as he was popping up a card that belonged to the catcher of the Blue Jays, they were playing the Blue Jays, uh, fell out of the pocket, was right next to home plate and Kiermaier picked it up. Um, and he has since said that it looked just like his. He didn't look at it, actually look at it. You know, he, he gave it to a clubhouse personnel, which, you know, we all know how that went down in uh, Houston. So that makes me feel real good. But um, you know, part of me wants to be like, well, when you find something that you're not sure of, like, why, why would you just pick it up and put it in your pocket? Like the umpire was standing right there. You know, you could have just given it to him and then he could have figured it out. Um, but all that being said, tonight, the recent update is the Jays <laughs> stupidly decided to throw at Kiermaier and now will f- probably lose that pitcher who got ejected from the game. And, uh, you know, they're in the middle of pennant race with the wild card race, I guess you should say, with the Yankees right now. And I just don't know. You know, yeah, I'm sure they were upset. I know they were upset. They came out and publicly said it and they have a right to be upset. But man, there's gotta be a better way to handle that. Like wait until next year. Like you're trying to make the playoffs. I just think that was a terrible, terrible way by the blue for the blue Jays to handle it. But uh, Kiermaier also did not handle it well. So bad all around. Well, two things, which is disappointing is number one, Montoyo came out and said like matter settled. 
So uh, the Blue Jays manager said that they were, everything was square, cash talked to him. They were fine. Number two, though, I don't buy Kiermaier's argument no, at all. If you no. watch the replay, he stares at it for quite a while. So don't tell me he didn't know what it was. He stares at it for a good couple beats on the replay there. And then he doesn't just pick it up and put it in his pocket. He like, it's almost yeah. like he's doing like palming a card for like a sleight of hand card <laughs> trick. Like, like, oh, yep, no one saw me do that. Okay, I'm just going to walk off the field now. Like, yeah, yeah, he knew exactly what it was. He knew it wasn't, you know, who else could it be? Like, come on, bud. Uh, it was folded up. It wasn't like it was yours from your back pocket. Um, I, I don't buy his explanation one bit. But what I, what do you expect him to say? I mean, that, that's not just a Kevin Kiermeyer thing. I would I would expect any competitor to do that if they got the secret blueprints from their their opponent. Like, um, so yeah, yeah, it's it's fun. It's kind of laughable, but it's also. Uh, you know, I wish I wish the Blues Jay, Blue Jays didn't throw at him after they, uh, you know, their manager publicly said the matter settled. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I agree with you guys, and I agree with Kyle that it's bad all around. Definitely, Kiermaier, like that's some bullshit. <laughs> like, uh, like it's funny, you know, he that excuse of oh, I he, I thought it might have been my card that fell out. Like, <laughs> like he's a vet, he's a veteran, he's been in the league a long time, he knows that catchers and many players keep cards with scouting reports in their pockets. So if he sees a random card on the field and he's near another player, there's no guarantee that it's his. Like that's, that's just a very poorly, poorly thought out lie. (laughs) Um, So very silly. And then, you know, I go back and forth with like the whole beanball thing, you know, thrown at people. Um, On the one hand, I think that the unwritten rules are so archaic and annoying so many times um, but then like, I loved it when, uh, when Cece that one time was, you know, yelled at the Rays bench, you know, like that's for you, bitch. Like yeah. that was one of my favorite Yankee moments of the last decade. Um, so it's hard to say I go back and forth. I mean, if, if I guess I understand why Matt, I take your point. If the manager public is, publicly says it's settled, then maybe you should just chill. But I also understand as a player if if a person on the other team is so blatant about that, about taking like a scouting report that fell out of your teammate's pocket, like that's just, it's really blatant. I could see that you would be really fucking steaming and that you would be like, I don't give a shit. This, we're going to send this guy a message. And that's that. So I, I kind of understand, I think, I, uh, both sides of that. But uh, Colin, did they hit him or did they just throw behind yeah. him? Drilled him. Drilled okay. Him. Was it on the first pitch? I don't know. I know he, the catcher was set up outside. Because the interesting thing is, I mean, if you if you rewind a couple of weeks between the Braves and the Nats, they had a very similar situation where, you know, Juan Soto was hit by a Nats pitcher who they had, or by a Braves pitcher that there was some history with. The next day they threw at Freddie Freeman. They missed in the first pitch. <laughs> and then they hit him with a second pitch. And again, Freddie, again, super, super classy the way he handled it. He was pissed. Um and he grabbed Juan Soto. Hey, here we go. We've got someone joining us right now. But hey, he, he grabbed Juan Soto, said, hey, that wasn't that wasn't on purpose yesterday. And then he went over and he talked to the uh, the actual, you know, Nats dugout and said, hey, you get one shot. You can't hit me on the second pitch. Um, yeah. Know, so I, I think that was a pretty cool way that they handled it. And, and by all accounts, he's like a really good dude. So, yeah. All right. Hello, Mr. Poznanski. Hey, How guys, are you? I am so sorry. I literally... Looked up at the clock. I said, wait a minute. It's nine o'clock. I think they told me, oh, 830. That's what they told me. So 
I, I literally was just on the phone. I went, I got to go. I totally forgot I was doing this thing. So apologies, apologies. That's not normally my style, but uh, uh, it's been a crazy, crazy few days, as you might imagine. Yeah. Hey, yeah, no, we we seriously appreciate you taking the time. And we know it's not your style to have the video on when you podcast. So I do that not right. normally do yeah. that. I'm doing that. That's that's pure guilt. All right, let me close this door. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, why why Joe's doing that? We have uh, Joe Posnanski. Yeah, let's do an intro here. Yeah, yeah, Joe Posnanski on the podcast here. Uh, Joe's got his new book. Joe, it comes out. Uh, Baseball 100 comes out on Tuesday, correct? It does. It comes out uh, this coming Tuesday, the 28th. Yeah. So uh, if you've been a subscriber to The Athletic in the past, you've at least read some of the uh, how many how many pounds is the book? Joe? <laughs> it's uh, it's only three pounds. It's only three <laughs> pounds. I figure no matter what happens, I, I don't know how many books I'm going to sell, but I'm going to sell a lot of paper. That's <laughs> really what I'm going for at this point. <laughs> Yeah. Is there a uh, ebook version for it? There is an ebook version okay. uh, that is significantly less than three pounds. So uh, <laughs> the, here's the thing. There's an audio version, of course. So you have to have an audio book yes, version. Yes. And I was looking, it's 33 hours or something of, <laughs> of, uh, of uh, content for you. Cause I actually <laughs> thought, Oh, you know, I had to, I had to do it. I record my own. I've never recorded my own audio book. I'm like, I had to record my own audio book. And I'm like, 33 hours. No, I'm not recording my own audio book. How long would that take me? So, um, so yeah, that's Game of Thrones territory right there. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> it was just literally. Yeah, exactly. I would just have to just bury myself for three months in a, in a place and just keep reading this book. So, um, so yeah, that's, uh, it's, it's coming out and it's a lot. So that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I've got I've got my order. Hopefully it's going to come day of we have an Amazon. I live in Charlotte, too, Joe, and uh, we have an Amazon factory literally right down the street. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I'm hoping I'm hoping it comes on the day of, uh, especially because I'm leaving for up north uh, a couple of days after. So I'm hoping I have it for the car ride so I can dive into it again. But um, yeah, super excited for you. And, and again, thank you so much for taking some time. I would love um, if you guys don't mind, I'm going to dive in with my yeah. first question yeah, here. Yeah. Um, so the baseball 100, uh, is a project that, um, you know, I, I took some, took, uh, it took shape because of what you had done, uh, with your work at the athletic and, um, and this is a, an expanded version, um, definitely for the baseball nerds. You just posted on your sub stack today. You got a unsolicited review from Bob Costas, which Very nice. uh, yeah. is, is super cool. And, and I think the review says it all, you know, if you, if you love baseball, um, you're going to love this book. You may not be able to read it all at once, but it's going to be <laughs> one of those things that you can reference, but, um, tell us a little bit about, you know, how the project, you know, really came about when you decided like, okay, I'm really going to do this. Cause obviously there's a huge time commitment, not including the 33 hours of audio that you had to record. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so, so the project is actually for, for those that have followed since the very beginning, uh, it's like 10 years old. Uh, I started uh, baseball 100, a countdown of the hundred greatest players on my blog, you know, probably 10 years ago, eight, eight, nine, 10 years ago. And the original idea was just a countdown. I, I wasn't going to be this expansive story of baseball, history of baseball thing that it turned out to be. I was just going to 
I, I came up with a formula that I liked and I thought, okay, here you go. I like this list. I'm going to just count down the hundred greatest players. And I started to do that. And it's funny. I look back on it. I, it's a different list than the one that's, that's, that's in the book, but I like number 100, number 99, these were pretty short stories. Like I, you know, there were just a few hundred words about whoever that was. And that's what I thought it was going to be. And then the longer it went on, the more I've started like, well, I don't want to just write this much about, you know, uh, Sandy Koufax or, 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 uh, or Hank Greenberg, right? You know, I want to really get into their lives, get who they were. And, and so they started getting longer and they started getting longer and they started getting longer to the point where it took over my life. It just, I just, and it was, it was something I was doing completely. I had no idea about it being a book. I had no idea about it being anything other than I was already, I was working at NBC at the time and I wasn't doing it for them. I was just doing it for myself. And I got to the point, like, I can't do this anymore. It's just, it's, it's, so I got like all the way down to like number 30 or something. And then I just basically had to, to call it quits, which didn't make, the reader is particularly happy, but I was like, well, you're getting this for free anyway. I don't mean, <laughs> sorry. And then like a few years later, I'm like, I, I ought to try it again. And I started it again. And I, I didn't love the way it, it the, the, that version of the list was a diff, again, a completely different idea. I was going to just do just major league baseball players. Nobody from, Outside, as you guys probably know, in the Baseball 100, there are Negro Leagues players, there's uh, Japanese players, um, but it wasn't going to be any of that. It was just going to be major league players. And I started writing it, and, and they were getting even longer and even longer. And then I thought, you know what I want? I want this to be my my story of baseball. That's what I want this thing to be. I mean, it's going to be a countdown. It's going to be a ranking. And obviously people are going to yell at me and, and, and all of those other things about who I ranked and who I didn't and where I put people. But I want this to be a story of baseball. My, my story of baseball, the, why I fell in love with the game, why I think the game is so great. And, and, uh, and that's how I want to do it. And then I started at the athletic and I said to them, I, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to do it in a hundred days. That's what I told them. Uh, and they, of course, said, okay, do whatever you want. I mean, they didn't care. <laughs> I, it was funny because, you know, at first they were like, all right, well, if you want to be a crazy person and try to write this long a book in a hundred days, then or a thing, a hundred days. But then it kind of took off and people started like getting into it. And then the athletics started to care. And uh, which was, you know, which was fine. And, and then the pandemic hit. And when that happened, I was probably at number 30, something like that. And suddenly that it took on like real importance to people, which was, you know, both heartbreaking and touching, you know, I mean, I would get emails daily from people saying, you know, this is, thank you. There's no sports going on. There's nothing happening. This is the only thing in my life connected, but that feels normal, you know, and which was really, really nice to hear. And, and at that point I was like, this is going to be a book and, and I'm going to shape it into a book and, and, you know, which I, which I had to do. And, and that's sort of the story. And, and, uh, and now it is a book and I actually have a copy here. So yeah, there you go. Got a copy here. Look at that. Yeah. Beautiful book. Beautiful. They did a beautiful job with it. Yeah, they really did a nice job. And, and, um, and away we go. So it's pretty fun. Yeah, that's so cool. And I'm going to put, we release this episode tomorrow morning. So I'll put all the pre-order links 
Uh, and you still have a few days to get that in support Joe. It's an awesome book. Uh, you'll learn so much about baseball. Uh, Matt and Ethan, I'll, I'll let you get some questions uh, in here. No, Ethan, you're, you're the bigger Joe Paz fan. Okay. So now, uh, so I'm not a huge podcast person, but Colin and Matt know, and I have mentioned before, the one podcast that I religiously follow is Joe's, the podcast. So Joe is always very, uh, very humble. And so I don't want to make him feel uncomfortable, but I need to say that um, he has been my favorite sports writer for years and years. And he does the podcast with Michael Schur, who's my favorite TV writer. So as you can imagine, the podcast is like my favorite thing. So in any case, the fact that Joe is here right now, I'm like starstruck. This is surreal. This is insane. So thank you so much for being here, Joe. Really um, incredible. Thank Uh, you. Thank you for listening to the podcast anybody that that would put themselves through that is uh <laughs> is uh is a, is a friend um yeah we've been doing that podcast we we're actually about to announce something about that podcast i wish i could announce it right now but uh it's not going to be official until uh until after this comes out but uh we're about to announce something uh we mike i became friends with mike sure who you know as you mentioned Big, huge TV guide, Parks and Recreation, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, um, uh, The Good Place, uh, on and on. He's Right now, he's, uh, he's uh, working, he's writing uh, and working on uh, a, a television series uh, about the Field of Dreams. It's going to be a Field of Dreams oh, TV wow. uh, version, which is going to be great. And, and I'll, I'll be helping him out a little bit on that. Um, so great guy. But I got to know him back before even Parks and Rec he was working for the office and he was, uh, he was writing for the office and he uh, was doing something that I don't know if you guys would remember uh, called uh, fire Joe Morgan, which was yeah, this, yeah. this, uh, um, this very funny, ridiculous uh, attack on sports writers and, uh, and broadcasters. And, uh, and it was hysterically funny, but I lived in mortal fear that they were going to take one of my stories. And, and I, I just, I was, especially I, even now, I don't have the kind of confidence that I could endure that. But back then I really didn't. And I literally wrote to him, he had written one that was very, very funny. And, and I had written to him, tell him, first of all, how funny that was. And second of all, please, please don't ever do this to me, please. I, I literally cannot take it. I literally will not be able to leave the house if you ever do this to me. And, uh, and he wrote back and said, no, I'm a huge fan, which was very nice. And, and then we ended up going to dinner and then we became really good friends. And then we started doing this podcasting thing back when, like, it was not that big a deal to do a podcast. Right. I mean, we, we, I remember the technology we had to use, uh, was you had to, we had to like record it two different ways because there was no way you like, you had to, I, I, I had like a, a box that you had to plug in it anyway. The point being, I recorded roughly 50% of the time, like, like, like every <laughs> one out of every two that we recorded, I would say is gone forever. We never recorded it. <laughs> nobody ever heard it. Um, and so we've been doing this thing forever. And it's so funny because we've always just done it because we like doing it. There's no, there's never been any financial gain for either one of us. There's never been any, anything for either one of us. It's just been about, uh, sitting around and just yapping about sports, which is, it sounds like what you guys are doing. So you guys can fully, uh, fully appreciate uh, uh, where that, uh, where that's come from. And, and I think where that's going. Yeah. Yeah. And I, actually, so I oh, sorry. No, Matt, you go ahead. Uh, I have to say Ethan's not pulling your leg there. 
I can't go usually five minutes in a conversation without him referencing something he's either heard in the podcast or, or read. So uh, I feel like I've almost become a fan by osmosis. So nice. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly getting familiar with your work. I had just a couple quick ones. Uh, I see a countdown of football players. Is that going to be in a uh, football 100 book in the future? Potentially. I know it looks like a lot of work there, but. It is a lot of work. Yeah, that is, that is the idea. Uh, I, I, it's weird. I like, I don't like repeating myself and I don't like doing the same things uh, again, but football is such a different challenge than baseball, right? It's just completely different to try to rank players. It's completely different. The game uh, is so different. The, you know, you, you're comparing, it's so silly to think about in baseball. People will ask me, well, how do you compare a pitcher to a hitter, right? Like for the baseball 100, how would you compare Max Scherzer to, to Mike Trout, it's, you know, they're, they're doing different things. Well, that's nothing compared to like trying to compare a cornerback and like a left tackle, you know I mean? It's just like, they're completely different, a quarterback and a, and a, and a linebacker. I mean, they just don't, they don't have anything in common. So I thought that was a really cool challenge and, and, uh, and I love football and, and I thought, well, this is, this is a, a way to explore my love of that game. And, and uh, it's, it's been fun. It's a lot of work. Um, I, I've been told by a couple of people that I'm way ahead of my pace for, for the baseball 100, which is really, I mean, the baseball 100 is, you know, almost 300,000 words. So if I go over that, you know, somebody just put me out of my misery at that point. I, I don't, <laughs> I don't have any idea what I'm doing anymore. Well, so the other thing Ethan is directing me towards is the, is the Browns blog. And I just have to let you know, I, um, I feel like I might've been part of the curse. Cause I was, uh, I lived in Cleveland for a decade from 2007 to 2017. And I feel like, um, the, the whole, the whole situation with the team there has changed since I've left. I, I was joking with the guys. I, I've seen a half dozen games at Brown stadium and they never won one of them. I, no, I can tell you no. about every single one. Um, because, because of the people I saw the games with and the, the enthusiasm and the genuine love for the team there. Um, you know, the, the very first game I saw was Brady Quinn's first start. And the reason I remember that is because my friend who I was going with has a photo album out there called future hall of famer, Brady Quinn's first start. <laughs> and it was against uh, the Ravens and it was terrible. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, and it, or either the Ravens or the, or the, or the Broncos. Uh, it doesn't really matter. It, 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 was just, it was bad. And it was, but again, I always had a good time. It was always nice seeing the excitement builds for the draft, the excitement builds for opening day every year. And whether it was the Browns or the Cavs or, or the, uh, the Indians there, I mean, it was, it was a blast to be there. And I definitely missed that. I spent the next four years in Kentucky and don't, didn't have anywhere near that kind of engagement with the local teams down there. So how, yeah. how are you feeling about the Browns this year? Well, I feel good. I mean, look, Cleveland, Cleveland is such a great sports town. Obviously I grew up there and, and, uh, and, and still, you know, have family there and it's in maintain a connection. Um, but I was going to say, if, if you went to four or six games between 2007, and 2017, you not seeing them win is just math. I mean, like there's no, there's no way you were going to see them win or very unlikely. Um, yeah. And, and that, that Brown's diary is a lot of fun because it really was, you know, when I'm fortunately at a point in my life and in my career where I can follow my own sort of whatever drumbeat is going on. And, and with the Browns diary, I just kind of wanted to rekindle my own love of, of football and my own love of the Browns. I mean, I grew up a, 
crazy, crazy Browns fan. And, and then, you know, I, I became a sports writer that moved me away from it. And the Browns left and, and, and it wasn't the same for me when they came back. And, and so, you know, this was my opportunity to do that. And I've, I've now written it for a few years. So I, I wrote it every day during their own 16 season. And, and uh, so I feel like I've paid the dues as a fan and as a writer uh, for this year to, to be a good one. And I, I, they, I think they, I think they have a chance to be really good. I mean, we'll, we'll just have to see how that plays out They're They're still the Browns, but, but I do feel like last year's, you know, postseason was so great and, and uh, uh, they look pretty good to me. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a huge Packers fan. And I tell my friends in Cleveland that um, they've got a Christmas day matchup with the Browns this year. And this is the first time I've ever been really afraid to play the Browns. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. And I know there's going to be a lot of back and forth uh, text messaging and banter that day. So. Oh, I'm bet. I'll bet. Ethan, what else you got? Uh, well, so it's, um, we don't, I don't want to keep Joe longer than he wants to be here. It's already nine twenty on a weeknight. Um, but I do just, I want to just mention that he recently, so he was at the athletic until recently and he now, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Joe is moving to a subscription for his own website, for his own blog. And that's, that's the full-time gig now, right? That it, is it's... my full-time writing gig. Yes. Is at joepoznanski.com. Uh, it is Joe blogs. It's a Substack, So some people might've started hearing about Substack. It's a, it's a newsletter um, service where you can write subscription newsletters that people can get in the mail uh, in their emails, or they can get, uh, they can just go online and read it. And uh, um, you know, it's going great. I mean, I'm, I'm really excited about it. I've done writing for a lot of different places and you know, this opportunity is what's so cool about it is I can really, I, I always, I feel like I've been working at places that allowed me to do what I sort of wanted to do, but there was always uh, a little sense of, you know, Hey, but you've got to do this and you've got to be here and you've got to go and, and do this part of it. And, uh, you know, to have an opportunity to just do exactly what I sort of want to do and follow exactly, you know, the, the path that I want to follow, uh, it's, it's a real blessing. So I'm really excited about it. I mean, obviously I've got uh, other things going, including obviously the books and, and the <laughs> podcast and everything else, but, um, but that's where all my writing is going to be. And, and I'm, I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely, we've started and, uh, we're still in the early stages of it, but, uh, the, the early signs have been great. People have been wonderful about, uh, about signing up and being a part of it. Yeah, that's that's awesome. You've you've talked about a number of times over the last few years about how the world of of sports writing is is sort of changing so rapidly. And so it's really awesome. I can imagine that making this leap would have been maybe a little bit nerve wracking. But the fact that it's been such a promising start, that that just seems really wonderful and and seems to maybe maybe bode well for for writers moving forward, hopefully. I hope Uh, so. I I hope so. I mean, I I don't think that that it's going to be a panacea. I don't think it's going to fix everything, but, but I do think that uh, this is part of the future, you know, part of the future is going to be specific writers doing what they do and, and, and trying to build an audience for themselves. And part of it's going to be some of these, uh, you know, video uh, slash uh, writing sort of hybrids, you know, there's going to be some of that. There's going to be a lot of different things and there's going to be some new technologies invented and, and, and everything else. But right now this is kind of an exciting time in, in the sense of that you can, 
there are a lot of people who are trying this, you know, trying to, to basically, and that what's, I'll tell you what's really cool about it. And I'm sure it's something you guys have felt just doing this thing. Cause this thing is obviously a labor of love for you is that you, you, there's a connection you have with the reader that is different than the connection you have when you're writing it. Sports Illustrated or, the New York or, uh, or NBC or, or, or the athletic there, you're part of a much bigger play, a bigger operation. There's a, there's a much bigger mission. You're a, you're just one part of it and you have readers and people who are loyal and, and enjoy reading you. But with a, with a, a newsletter like this, so obviously the numbers are significantly smaller, but those people feel like they're a part of what you're doing. You know, it's like they, they can, they can reach out to you, you know, they can be a part of what I'm doing and at, 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 uh, at my, at my joeposlansky.com. So, so that's, I think really exciting. I, I love that. I love, you know, I don't, I've never had to write for millions of readers. That was never important to me. It's really reading, writing for passionate readers and, and, uh, you don't need that many passionate readers for, for something like this to be a success. So, uh, so that's really cool. Awesome. Yeah. And I'll make sure I get that sub stack into the show notes as well. Awesome. Uh, anyone who wants to check it out and subscribe. Uh, and Joe, I, I want to say um, one of the biggest reasons this podcast is even happening is because we, we are trying to emulate the energy and the synergy that you and Mike have. And uh, we're, we're not close to making the same impact yet, but uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully if we catch up in, in a few years, uh, we'll, we'll be able to do that. But well, I'll give you advice. I'll give you some advice more nonsense. If you guys just, I, I think sometimes your, your stuff is too meaningful. I can tell already. I can tell that you guys are, are, are hitting meaningful sport. We don't do any of that. We don't believe in doing anything that matters or meaningful stuff. We, we had one, like, you know, you guys know we, we draft stupid things. Like we draft, um, yeah, it's awesome. We draft, yeah. Cereals or, 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 uh, you know, kitchen utensils or, or numbers between one and 10. I remember we did that once. Sports team abbreviations was a recent one, right? Sports team abbreviations. We did honorifics. I know recently where we, we literally were like, uh, that was hilarious. Using Mr. Um, and, and, I, I honestly, there's, there's probably been 5 million times that Mike and I have said to each other at the end of this, like, this is too stupid to release. <laughs> like there's nobody should be, have to listen to this. And especially we go really long <clears throat> we're going to try to slow that down, but we go like two hours. So it's two hours of complete nonsense. And we, they were like, nobody should have to, we, how could we put people through this kind of nonsense? Um, but we keep doing it and, uh, and, uh, and it's fun. So yeah, I, you know, look, it's, it's all about, it's all about having fun with this stuff. I think. Yeah. That, that couldn't have been any better timed. I just was throwing out some test slogans with the guys today. And the one that we settled on was uh, merging beer, baseball and nonsense since 2021. So, uh, <laughs> there you, go. you know, that, that, that's, that's definitely great advice, especially for the three of us knuckleheads. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joe, can I ask you a baseball question before we let you go? Please do. All right. So we're getting to the end of the baseball season, obviously here. Uh, I would love to hear from your perspective, what's been, you know, maybe one or two of the biggest surprises of the season so far for you. And what are you most looking forward to as the season, the regular season wraps up and we get into October here? Yeah. Um, 
Well, there's number one surprises and no, no surprise uh, to you guys. Uh, it's obviously the Giants. I mean, there's yeah. there was no there was no way to predict that the Giants were going to be this good uh, or that they were going to be good at all, to be honest <laughs> with you. I mean, I think they were pretty clearly the number three team in that division when when the season began and in everybody's mind. And, and that was only because everybody thought the Rockies and, and Diamondbacks were going to be terrible, which which they are. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I'm there. They are a team and I love this kind of team. They're a team. I look at daily and go, how in the world is this happening? Like I, you look at every one of their players and, and they look, they've got some terrific, terrific players, uh, you know, Buster Posey and Brandon Crawford and these guys, but those guys are old first of all and you know like that's like all the things that we've been told about baseball is you know you can't win with old guys and and their their rotation is kind of a hodgepodge of a bunch of you know guys who have been who pitched elsewhere and were rejected and and all of this it doesn't really make sense but then you look at that team now you know in in their current form and you're like everybody on that team is good, right? Like nobody's great necessarily. Posey's great when he plays, but, but nobody's great necessarily. Um, They're all good. Every single person on that team is good. And that is probably the most underappreciated talent for a team to have is if you've got 25 guys that can play and can like do something to impact the game, whether it's, defensively or on the base paths or, or, you know, in a, in a, you know, in a uh, pitching situation, they can help you. If you got 25 guys like that, you're going to win. And, and that, that's really, so it's a surprise still, it's still a surprise that they're as good as they are, but it's, it's also uh, it, it makes some sense when you look and see that basically they put together a whole roster of, t- of guys that can play. And, and that's Farhan Zaidi is the, is the uh, president of that team. He did the same thing with Oakland uh, a few years ago, where you looked at that Oakland team and just said, how the heck are they doing this? And you realize they have 25 guys. And so, uh, so I'd say they're, they're easily in my mind, the biggest surprise in baseball. Um, then, you know, there are like sort of minor surprises throughout. I think Milwaukee's a little bit of a surprise. I didn't necessarily think they were going to win the division. Um, I, I don't think there's really a surprise in the American League. I mean, I, I think it's all like at different times that looked like things were going to emerge a little bit differently. I mean, maybe the Yankees not being very, you know, as good as, as a lot of people thought a little bit of a surprise. I see a Yankees uh a fan here with us yeah we are um, yeah yeah you you have to endure that but yep. <laughs> um you know maybe a little bit of a surprise but again they're not hitting and 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 you do you do look at that team and go it's pretty top heavy as far yeah. as the hitters go i mean i think uh, dj lemay he's come back to earth a little bit and yeah. and some things like that uh but honestly the rest of it feels like Atlanta finally rose to the top, even though they they did it after losing their best player. Milwaukee and the Cardinals, I kind of feel like it was always going to be between those two. And Milwaukee having a big lead is a little bit of a surprise, but not not too much. Houston, I always thought was going to be there. Uh, the White Sox 
seem to me to be the class of that division. Maybe Minnesota not, not even being competitive is a little bit of a surprise. And then Tampa Bay, I always thought was the best team in that division. And the Blue Jays are finally playing a little bit up to their potential. So not a big surprise here, I don't think, in, in baseball. I think it's it's not predictable, but but fairly close to what I think we all thought, except for the Giants, who are who have really sort of been a bit of a shocker. And uh and you know, I think that we came into the year thinking that this was, uh, you know, going to be the Dodgers. And, you know, we had Dodgers Tampa Bay last year, and we could very well have Dodgers and Tampa Bay again in the World Series this year. Yeah. yeah. Is there anything with the end of the season wrapping up that you're looking forward to any matchups potentially in the postseason or anything? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about quite a few of the matchups. I mean, I think anybody the Dodgers play in the postseason is going to be very interesting. I mean, that's their they're better than everybody else. I mean, it feels to me, but that doesn't mean they're going to win. I mean, I, the, the Cardinals have always sort of haunted my dreams a little bit. I mean, they're sort of the national league version of the Yankees in some ways. I I just feel like that they, like, if you don't kill them, then they just, they just go, you know, they're, they're true. They're true zombies. And I don't know now that they're, you know, looking like they're going to be in the playoffs. I just feel like they're, they're a scary team, you know, and, and, and uh, so I'm going to, you know, be interested in seeing what they do. I'm, I'm very interested with this white Sox team. I think they're a lot of fun to watch and, and uh, Tony uh, La Russa, see what happened, but playoff decisions from Tony La Russa. Yeah, no, I'm not looking forward moments. to that. I, I, I would really, <laughs> I would really be looking forward to the white Sox if Tony La Russa wasn't their manager, but um <laughs> I'm I'm just waiting for like that first, uh, you know, that first six pitcher inning that he has, you know, and even, even though, you know, the rules no longer allow <laughs> guys to do that, he'll find a way to do it. It's just, you know, um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward. I, I think it's going to be, it's going to be pretty emotional in some ways. It's going to be Albert Pujols' last postseason, So that's going to be very interesting to see if he has sort of this one moment, you know, and, uh, I think one of the sadder parts of baseball is that some of the most exciting players in the game, uh, maybe the most exciting players in the game won't be there, right? There'll be no Shohei Otani and obviously Mike Trout's been hurt all year. There's, I don't think there's going to be a, a Fernando Tatis. I mean, he's not going to be there. Juan Soto's not going to be there. I mean, it's, you know, so that kind of stinks. It's not going to have quite the star power that I think it, that we'd love for it to have, but it's still going to be a blast. It's baseball. It's going to be great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, I just want to say thank you again. And we've kept you uh, a long time here and I know you got to get back. You got, you got to tidy everything up before the big release and we're super <laughs> excited for you. Um, and, and really can't thank you enough for you guys. If you want to say anything before we let Joe go. Hey, signed copies available of the baseball 100 on rainydaybooks.com. I, I bought mine this afternoon. Nice. Thank you, Joe. I'm looking forward to that. And, uh, uh, definitely go and check that out. It's right on the front page for uh, rainy, rainydaybooks.com. Support your local booksellers. Yeah. I, and I will tell you guys, you, you get this exclusive thing. Uh, I've got, a, I'm flying to Kansas city Friday uh, because I'm literally going to have to spend all weekend signing and inscribing books. There are thousands of them. This is not a joke. Thousands of them. I, I, I literally, I'm going to show you this. I've been, I've been trying out pens. I, I literally went out to the store to buy different pens to see which one would be the smoothest that I'm going to have to sign thousands and thousands of books. And, and I don't think I'm up for that. Uh, 
so yeah, so that's so so thank you for adding to my load. I, I was gonna say, <laughs> <we're> really, <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'll well, just say thank you. Thank you so so much. This yeah. has been incredible. Thank you for being here. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, thank thank you, Joe. It's been a pleasure. Um we'll we'll definitely ask you again, maybe in the future we can we can get you to come back on. But um and and we I will say before we let you go, we joked on one of our earlier episodes that it would be awesome for Matt and Ethan to come down to Charlotte at some point and for you know all of us to get together, talk baseball and come on down. Um, absolutely. We <laughs> the, the, the weather's finally getting good here. This is, <laughs> this is the time right here. Yep, 75 and sunny tomorrow. Be like living in California. There you go. There you go. Well, thank awesome, you again, guys. Joe. Well, hey, thanks a lot. Appreciate Have it. Thanks, Joe. Joe. Thank you. Holy shit. Cool. <laughs> I'm fucking blown away, dude. This is literally a life highlight for me. Colin, I can't believe Colin made this happen, everybody. I know. He just sent Holy a crap. cold, he sent a cold email to Joe's people. And for those who don't know, cause we didn't do like a full introduction. You can probably gather from what we were talking about, but Joe's like an extremely decorated sports writer. Like he's one of the most famous sports writers in the country. He has won countless awards. He's written a bunch of books. They're like all bestsellers. He's fucking amazing. Like he is a huge deal. And he, like I said, he happens to be my favorite, but like, even if he wasn't my favorite, dude's a huge deal. The fact that he came onto our fucking podcast from 9 o'clock to 9.30 p.m. on a weeknight and just, like, chatted with us? Incredible. Yeah. Just unbelievable. Amazing. I I just, I'm giddy. I'm just giddy. I'm on, I'm just, uh, I'm beside myself. Just amazing. Yeah. And he's such a nice guy. Oh, yeah, really is. Holy shit. I don't even know what to say. I was so nervous coming into this. Like, I'm sure when I listen to this, I'm going to realize that it's a little choppy and that I'm a little off. It's because I'm just thinking the whole time, I'm like, when's Joe going to show up? Because I, I didn't check my email when I got up here. Um, his uh, assistant emailed me like seven minutes before you know he was supposed to come on before he lost track of time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I think I saw it at like 8.34 or something. And then I really started to get nervous and I was like, all right, he's going to be on any minute. And then I was like, is he not going to come on? Does, does he not want to talk to us? Cause I would, I would totally understand, but right. now I'm going to be bummed yeah. <laughs> even more. <laughs> so, I don't even know what to say. I'm, I'm just thrilled. Uh, and I'm, yeah. I'm glad we can get this out to everyone. Incredible. Yeah. Man. Well, uh, and uh, do you guys, you want to do anything where we're, well, I was going to say, can you just hour. put a bow on this and say, yeah. this is like, <laughs> It's and, not going to uh, get any better here. Yeah, exactly. We'll Let's end on, on that. Nonsense night. for our next podcast or something. I that's think right. that's good. Yeah, that's right. Well, this has been another episode of Two Docs and a Schlub, and uh, we'll we'll see you next week. Adios, Bye. everyone. <laughs>